0: Fire Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to the National Fire Radio podcast, a podcast that is designed to talk about the job. I'm the luckiest guy alive. I get to interview the coolest people out there in the American fire service and talk about the job. Everything from guys riding backwards, officers, chiefs up through companies, people, manufacturers, products, organizations, you name it. We're trying to capture the stories promote the job and make the job better. So if you're returning and you're a regular listener, thank you. If you're new to the podcast, check it out and let us know what you think. Podcast at NationalFireRadio.com is where you can find us. Send us an email. Let us know what you think about the show, people that you think might be a good guest or anything else that you want to talk about. Send it over to Podcast at NationalFireRadio.com. We'd love to hear from you. And what we get to do is bring forth the word about the job. But in order to do that, we need the help of some sponsors. So do me a favor, hang tight, and listen to the words from a few of our sponsors. This episode's brought to you by Box Alarm Grills. When your apparatus arrives on scene, are you making the best showing? Looking to set your rig apart from everyone else? Want your engine truck or rescue to be easily identifiable? There is a solution. With large aluminum grill numbers and full width rear mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills. Formed by Danny and a team of fellow firefighters, Box Alarm Grills gets it. They know what it means to show pride in your ride, delivering the quality construction and design that fire departments demand. That's why their grill numbers and mud flaps grab attention, enhance visibility, and make your fleet recognizable on scene while responding or just driving around town. Built in the USA by a family owned business. Box Alarm Grills is quickly becoming the choice of fire companies, apparatus planners, and fire truck manufacturers with out-of-the-box or custom solutions. Check out functional, durable grill numbers and mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills today at BoxAlarmGrills.com and on Facebook and Instagram. And like Danny and his crew like to say, add pride to your ride taylor's tins taylor and his team have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017 with over 200,000 shields in the market taylor's tins is a leader in the american fire service helmet front space not only do they manufacture helmet fronts but they do so much more locker tags key chains co monitor charts medical kit charts pump charts Banquet Awards, you name it, they do it. Go over to TaylorsTins.com and check out what they can offer you today. They've become a longtime sponsor and good friend of the National Fire Radio podcast. And because of that, they offer a promo code at checkout. So when you go to TaylorsTins.com, enter NFR Sent Me, that is NFR Sent Me, and you'll get 15% off your checked out order. It works on all stock items from Taylorstins.com, including quick tins, license plates, locker tags, and much, much more. Exclusions do apply. This is a company that prides themselves on quality and customer service. From the inception, from your design to out the door, it's within 48 hours. Nobody else is doing that. They can't do that. 48 hours to get your shield out the door to you, put it on your helmet, and get to the next job. Anyway, check out Taylor'sTins.com. Again, that's Taylor'sTins.com. Check out their latest offerings and use promo code NFRSENTME. That's NFRSENTME for 15% off on your checkout. And in the words of Taylor and his crew, stop burning up leather. Cut out the noise. Build confidence by spending time with positive people. Letting someone have the upper hand. Leave it all out. Everyone looking for validation. boys and ass slaps. Don't talk to hear yourself talk. Reach, relevance, conversion, start trends, begin conversations. Feedback needs to be able to be... Feedback needs... Feedback that you need to be able to handle. Feedback leads to potential. Pressure. Figure it out. Don't make the same mistakes. Learn. Resiliency. Hate being told what to do, but hate being told how to do it. Passive-aggressive. People hate when you succeed. Haters watch more thick skin, humility, humility, humble, respect, self-accountability concept, show pictures, hip boots, back steps, open cabs years ago and ask audience what they like, why then paint reality against those pictures. Why are we in love with nostalgia when the reality of it was shit at the time? Time changes, but we don't. It's terrible. It was terrible for them like it is today. There's no difference. If you can't let it go, you don't have anything else going on. Management style. Avoidance of conflict at your young age. We make excuses for the older generation, which is what we need. And when we can't have conflict, we go to a personal attack. For example, he's old school and he believes in the old way of doing things. The audacity that personal opinion is a good business decision. That's a good one. Humility. Subjective opinions on a topic without actually tasting it. Or... Did it once and you frame your opinion on the experience. Managers enjoy micromanaging small business owners. They get their self-esteem from telling their employees they do it better. Can't blame anyone for the owner and manager. It's all your responsibility. What I hate about conferences, people show up and feel they did something. What do you do with it after you leave? Cop out equals entitlement. Causes a lot of friction. Young guys come in and have done it even though they never have. Shut up and do your time. Age, 25 is today's 45. Build motivation, how? Attention and perceived attention. Icons and leaders of the world love perceived attention. Audience consume it opposite. Declining without realizing it. Important and most dangerous. Fresh eyes are dangerous eyes. If you're caught up in the history and past, then you have nothing to compare against and therefore you can buck the current trend without any perceived repercussions. Kids inspire them to solve problems they clearly see and not overvalue of how everyone tried to solve it. They will create some of them part important innovations all the time. Sorry, man. These are shorthand notes. I'm going to keep going. Supply and demand needs to be proportional or it's skews. Incapable of creating demand. Too much time spent planning for the supply but can't deliver the demand. Attention is undervalued when supply is overvalued. Controlling supply is easier than creating demand. You don't want to hire us if your product sucks. We'll expose it quicker than most. We might not be your fit. We don't have to attend every agreement you're invited to. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't have to attend every engagement you're invited to. You have to have the freedom to walk away. Like an athlete, focus on the field. Can't hear the boos. You can't hear the cheers. Coach listening to the crowd instead of facts and experience. Trying to convince people who can't be convinced. It's a waste of time. Truth or you're creating a ticking time bomb outside affirmation we want people to succeed Uh, famine mentally sucks when I say yes it's something no to wait when I say yes it's saying no to something else hard no is good perspective based on experience younger you rebel against everything but as you get older you appreciate it appropriation Need to be led, not managed. Let your horses run. Trigger instinct, unlearning. Ego is insecurity disguised. Judgment. So, for the last four minutes, I just read all the notes out of my phone. And this morning on the podcast, while I drink a beautiful hot cup of coffee, my man Robert Ridley is joining me. Rob, good morning, buddy.
1: Good morning, Jeremy. That was uh, that was quite the list.
0: That is that is a probably a two year. List of things that I every time something comes to me, I go into my notes on my phone, I bang it in there, and then I come back to it for episodes like what we're going to do today. Because I think, I think that you know what I just realized too? My voice is very different in the morning than it is in the afternoon. I think that we need to keep track of our ideas and then talk about them because that list right there. It's shorthand notes, right? While I'm driving, while I'm thinking, while I'm talking, I'll jot it down. Something comes to me. I hear something from another podcast. I hear an experience, anything, right? I like to jot them down because I think there's so much value in all those talking points, and there's a lot there. And so what I like to do then, Rob, is like today you and I are going to hit on a topic today on the podcast, and that's what's important to me. Not only do I want to do guests, but I also want to just wrap with you and find some topics that I think are affecting a lot of people in the fire service topics that become hotbed issues on the front bumper or the kitchen tables across the country. And we need to, not that you and I have solutions for them, but I think talking about them gives a sense of, uh, commonality between us and others, meaning that everyone's facing the same issues across the country. And I think that we have the ability with our platform to reach and share at least our thoughts and let people know that they're not dealing with this shit alone
1: yes this is uh something that was said to me the other day was like you kind of that whole like hey we're not the big city mentality of uh things and i I actually embraced and i was like you're right we're we represent 90 percent of the fire service because or whatever the percentage is it's not these large urban departments and that's what we talk about we talk about these these topics because it's what everybody is facing, and even the people in the big cities are facing them as well. So,
0: I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think anybody's not uh, not exempt from, uh, or I don't think anybody's exempt from these issues, right? I think that these issues face every firefighter and everyone in even in their personal life, but also within the firehouse. And it's been something on my mind, especially for 23 this year, since we're in January here and we have a new year in front of us one of the most important things i think we need to do with our platform is to talk about the individual outside of the firehouse as much as we talk about the operations and feelings inside the firehouse because if you're not in a good place in life you're not going to be a good place in the firehouse and if you're one of those guys that is a seat filler or a, a complete hand job within the firehouse you're you're a seat filler and a hand job in life And I think that the only way that's going to get fixed is when you start internalizing it in your everyday life and figuring out who you are and what makes you tick and what makes you happy. And I think happiness is the root of all of it. And if you're happy in your family life, if you're happy in life itself, then that, that conveys the message into the firehouse and how you conduct business and how you carry on yourself within the firehouse. Because tactically speaking, we don't really talk a lot about that, right? You and I have shied away from the tactical conversations because there's plenty of guys with stronger pedigrees that can teach training and tactics and so on and there's nothing to say that you can't be a, a fantastic operational firefighter but you could in some of the best firefighters could have the shittiest attitudes and and so then it becomes one of those things that he, the guy's an amazing firefighter and I want him coming to get my kids right when the, when the time counts but I would never want to have a beer with that guy and i yeah. don't i don't think you have to have a beer with that guy but i do think though that for the individual it makes for a better experience you know if you're if you're tactically sound and you're an incredible firefighter tactically speaking operationally speaking why not add on the other part of your life too to make everything just so much better the negativity the the nonsense the the bad attitude I don't I don't know what that does for individuals wholly. I don't know what that why that festers and people feel content to be that way and I don't know if it's just an easier take but I have to think that you know people that are aggressive on the fireground should be aggressive in their behaviors too. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well I think that you know the one thing is negativity is uh, is a very strong I don't want to say it's like an emotion but it's a, it's a strong force. And one of the things about those members who are like, you know, I, I worked with a guy many years who was uh, like, I watched him on the fireground, and he would perform like when the chips were down, like this guy was a ninja. He could like get himself in the spots that other firefighters couldn't get into with a hose line, but his attitude sucked so bad. And he had that negativity that it brought everybody around him and even himself down to the point where now they were like, not even on an ostrich in the sand. They just didn't have any idea what was going on in the outside world because that negative, that negative attitude was so overwhelming. And it, like one of the things that I think, in, you know, if you ever feel bad for somebody, uh, I felt bad for him because he let that negativity cloud him so much that he couldn't. Um, I, I think he could have been so much more successful in his career, but also just enjoying, enjoying life. Like it took yeah. so much energy to be that fucking negative. And like what It didn't it didn't get him anywhere You know and, I, and I, I think that's the other thing I, I've never seen anybody who's Had that negative intensity and been like Man, Look at that guy who was always an, an asshole and he bought the He bought the shift down or he bought the house down Look at how successful he's doing because they're never Happy so like you know like I said like that
0: I, I, I think The other yeah. thing too Rob to, to Accompany you there with, the, with that Mind thought is that We're not going to fires every day we're not operating every day, and so your the majority of your life is you know uh, in the firehouse. It's in the firehouse. It's training. It's uh, socializing, right? And and when we get called to the game, when we get put out on the field, it's not every day, all day. Maybe some places there are, but most not, right? And so, like I look at like, why do you want the majority of your day, or the majority of your career, or the majority of your life, to be rooted in pissed offness? negativity, anger, angst, shit talking, things that are not productive or healthy for your own well-being, let alone the company or the department.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure because it's like I said it's a it's a force to be reckoned with and it's a force that takes energy away from you. So, and that energy spills over everywhere. It's not just in the firehouse, it's going to be in your home life, it's going to be on the way home, it's going to be something as simple as driving and getting angry on your on your, on your drive back and, you know, it's just going to cascade into everything yeah. else. So I don't like why. <laughs> I don't have that kind of psychology degree yet. But no, uh, I know,
0: and and I don't. I don't think you know. I certainly don't either. But I'm I'm looking at it, and I would say this, right? Um, you know, when you, when when I unpack these things, and I, I look at like my own situations, and you know, I used to be one of those guys. I I, I never had the outlook that I today. My outlook is so different than what it used to be. I used to get caught up in a lot of the craziness and nonsense and the trash talking and the, the ego and so on. And and it, I've, I've really come to find out that, you know, ego is insecurity disguised. I heard that the other day on a podcast and it's it has stuck with me to the point that I wrote it down and I've been making notes on it. And today that's where I want to take this, right, is that ego, ego is a problem. And I think um, ego is different. And conviction, ego, is different than uh, bravado or uh, confidence. And and I, I think when you start to look at that and start to unpack it a little bit and the saying that ego is insecurity disguised, I, I tend to believe that wholeheartedly. I think that when people have an inflated ego, it is to hide or pr- or to protect something that they're not comfortable with. Because if you can come off as the stronger personality, if your ego fuels you to be that big voice, how many times do the guys with the big voice back up their voice with their actions? And and I start to look at that in insecurity disguised, right? So many people are insecure. I don't care who you are. If you're the biggest guy in the gym lifting weights, there might be, you can wake up with a pimple that morning and be insecure about it. You know what I mean? Like, I love the conversation that when we're all like in middle school and high school and we have a zit or something happens, right? We think that it's the end of the world. Meanwhile, every other kid in that same age group is dealing with the same thing the same insecurities right and so it doesn't it doesn't need to fester but everybody has something in their life that they're insecure about and we protect that and And the way we protect our insecurities by not letting people know that we're being insecure is by building up barriers of walls and that typically comes with ego especially on the fire ground especially in the fire service because you know it We have, I think it's a dangerous, dangerous thing when we have people with egos who believe that they know better when they don't have the experience to back that up. And they know they don't have that experience. That's the thing. The ones that talk, the seat fillers, the ones that talk and and tell us that they know what they're doing and they make it known that they know what they're doing, they don't know what they're doing. Right. Yeah, and I... I think back to
1: you know we we there are I feel like it comes up in every conversation we have, but those who are pushing out ego on a grandiose scale, I often look at it and go, okay, so are they confident, and it, and that's where their self esteem's coming from in this, or, and 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 with that confidence, are they giving value to the people around them, or are they just merely broadcasting and showing off, and this is like a peacock showing its feathers. But like when it's you know running away or it's scared, it's actually a much smaller animal than that, than that, uh, than that display that they're putting up.
0: I I love watching um I love watching the fireground looking at those that shy away from the work when the work needs to be done, and a lot of times it's those that are the the biggest uh, issues within the firehouse, right. And it's Mm -hmm. it's those it's those guys that stand out that have a lot to say and then they shy away from the work because they're insecure in their abilities. And and that's the dangerous part. And I think what we what we see is in, in departments where, you know, the workload is not significant and they're not going to work every day. You have a lot more downtime to trash talk. You have a lot more downtime to think and learn that or think that, you know, more than you've learned Right. And it festers. And and then what happens is your ego begins to inflate. And as much as you're insecure about it, you're protecting it, because once you start down that path, it's hard to it's hard to get out of it. Right. Because then you have to start doing some real hard self-reflecting and looking at your abilities and skills and saying, maybe I don't know it all, but I've gotten this far in now. I can't let people in to know that I've been full of shit my whole career.
1: Yeah. It's uh, I, I think back to the first time for me riding in Hyattsville, and getting my gear, and them doing their first, uh, like the first, you know, like because one of the one of the standards there is that you have to be from street closed to on air in sixty seconds. Like that is if you want to be a, become a mass fireman and turned over on on the engine and the truck, that that's something that you have to do, and. I remember thinking to myself, Oh, I'm a, I'm a career firm. And I, I got this and I, I was barely getting my gear on within two minutes because yo, I have never yo, been held to a standard.
0: That's ridiculous by the way. Shame on you. And,
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever. I'm better now. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> but it was like, these guys were smoking me and I was like part of it. I was like in shock and you know, I definitely was like, All right, I'm gonna eat a lot of crow because I just got smoked by some eighteen year old kid. But then like the cool part about it and that transformation for me was I'm saying, like, seeing the frustration and being like, Hey, let us show you how to do this. And there was that part of my ego that's like, I don't need you to fucking show me anything. Nice. But then I was able to say like no, like like there was that voice in the back of my head is like, Hey, asshole, um, you're not getting any better. <laughs> so maybe you're the problem. And, uh, yeah, it was, I, I love that it was though, Rob, because there's,
0: there's humility there. Right. And, and yeah. I think, I think a lot of times people with ego can't get out of their own way. And I've come to learn as I've gotten older, I mean, I've always been the type that it's going to be my way unless you can tell me or show me differently. And it makes sense, right? Like if you, I, I don't like conversations where people are like, you're doing it wrong. And I'm like, okay. How would you do it? And then they can't provide a a, a credible way or be able to show me. Then guess what? It's my way until you can show me differently that your way is better. But that's me in my conviction and belief that I know how to do it. Right. And, and a lot of, and when I was younger, that would be in anything. Now I know my lane. I know where I belong. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. And I love sitting back now, especially when we do these conferences. We go to conferences and we get to listen to some of the best people in this industry. And we get to sit there and listen to them. And I, I think to myself, every freaking time I'm in that room, I think of what a piece of shit I am. And I'm like, man, these guys, <laughs> these guys, I mean, they're just, they're rock stars. And and when, and when I was younger, man, I thought my shit didn't stink. I had ego. I thought I was the cat's meow, man. Not to age myself, but that's a saying for you younger people out there. But I, I honestly thought that I was, like, fucking great. I thought I was so good. And then I get to meet people. I get to expose myself to more than just what I knew. And you realize real quick, I don't care how big your ego is, when you're willing to put yourself out there to start to listen to other people and see what other people do and then internalize that, you come to realize real quick that your shit does stink. And I think that's part of that humility. And I went through a process in this, and this is, this is just real conversation, man. I went through a time where I thought my shit didn't stink to today. I think my shit stinks bad. And, and it's because I'm, I've been able to expose myself to, so much other opportunity that's out there. I've listened to people. I sit back. I ter- I internalize things now. I look at people that perform better than me in business. I look at people that are just better off in life, people that are happier than me, people that have more money than me, people that, you know, all these things matter. And I think that you have to have real conversation with yourself and internalize what you're seeing and realize that you're not the fucking man that there's people out there that can do it better than you, and you need to be a little humble in understanding that they might be able to teach you, talk to you, train you, educate you better, and like you said, you thought you could do it because, hey, I'm a career fireman, and then some 18-year-old volunteer kid smokes you on the floor. That's a humbling experience, but I think the, the big part of that, Rob, is, is what do you do with it, right? You right. had that you had that internal conflict. Do I, Do I let my ego get in the way and I don't ask for help? Or do I put my ego aside and say, yo, show me some of those tricks you just did, right? Yeah. That's, that's where I think it comes down to the individual. And then the individual, that's, that's where your true value shines, right? What type of person are you? Can you check that ego at the door? Can you, can you have some humility to ask for help or, or want to go further and better yourself so that you're not full of shit? I mean, that is an internal struggle for sure. And, it, and certainly with people that have an inflated ego.
1: And I think the, you know, there's, you know, the, the backside of that is when you're in that situation and you're going to eat that humble pie or eat some crow and ask for the help, like that's a uh, tell, 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 uh, tell, tell, moment. tell, tell I don't know. It's, it's a moment where like, you're going to find out if that person's real or not, because you hit on it. Like you ask the person, Hey, like, help me. And then they don't have a they don't have that solution and then you know you're in in the middle of something that's you know you, you got to start asking your, yourself some questions about what's what's going on
0: you have ever... your own yeah, go ahead i'm sorry
1: I've... no no that's, that's 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 it that's that's where my point was going because it's I've, I've had that that happen time and time again where somebody's said hey you're doing it wrong and i'm i'm like okay like I like to think that I've accepted the fact that I don't know everything. Yeah. And like you said, like our, my shit definitely stinks. So um, let's Febreze me for a little bit and, and show me, but when they don't do that and they don't have an answer for you, then, you know, it's, uh, it's like an ulterior motive to what they're saying. Well, and you and were, I think,
0: yep. Go ahead.
1: Oh, just my last point. Mm-hmm. I, I think back to my first training captain, Dave Sipes. And he told me once, cause I said, well, shouldn't they do it this way? And he said, kid, the objective's D. All right. Now you can do ABC, you can do CBA, you can do BAC, but in my book, if you're getting to D and you're doing, going to get hurt, or put the men in jeopardy, get to D. It's not for me to tell you which way to go there. Just go and do it. And know, it's like, oh, all right, cool. So
0: yeah, I I think too. I'm I'm thinking back now. The opposite end of the coin is like, how many times somebody offers to help you and you're like, nah, I got it, or mm-hmm. or you're not willing to step back and listen. Like when you're forcing a door prop, you know, if, if you're doing forcible entry with Mike Chempo, you're going to stop and listen to him. But if right. you're, if you're doing doors and some kid in your firehouse, who's younger than you, or some kid in your firehouse who, uh, I don't know. Um, it's just you, maybe you don't think he's on your level because you've been there longer and, and more senior to him. And this kid's like, hey, can I, hey, hey, Jeremy, can I show you something I learned? You'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. You kind of dismiss it, right? Because that's ego again getting in your way. Meanwhile, if it was Mike Shempo, you would listen, but this kid might have a very solid point, something he picked up, a trick that he learned somewhere that could better us. But when you let your ego get in the way, you're not willing to to listen or give him a chance. And when you dismiss like that, not only do you tear him down a peg because you just took away an opportunity for him to feel good about himself, to show you something that he's learned, something that he's proud of, but you've also then just limited yourself. And you've taken away an opportunity to learn something new. I love, and and I'll be honest with you, I, I speak from experience. I speak from the heart, man. I was not the best person years and years ago. And I, ego- messed with me and and I it took a it took a long time and a lot of maturity to grow up to come to realize that there's just so much more to this and not just in the firehouse but in life. There's so much more to it and there's so many more people that do it better than I do it. And so why would I shut myself off to the opportunity of learning from others? Because of my ego? Well ego gets you nothing. Absolutely nothing. And in fact, ego just gets in the way. Ego Tears tears down, you know. It, it puts up walls. It doesn't tear down walls, right? Ego cr- uh, creates problems within relationships. Egos get in the way of your own self worth and, and your ability to learn. I mean, there's nothing good about ego.
1: I, well, and and there's a it's it's kind of like ripples on a pond. Like right? you know, you have that calm water. You throw the rock in there. Uh, like you use the example of the young kid who's like, "Hey, I just went to a conference. Can I show you something?" you blow them off. The fact that we got that kid to go to a conference is a win for the department, the yes. organization and the citizens and that individual give them the time, Put put like, it's, like, you put your ego aside. One, you have him show you what he's learned. So it validates his actions, him taking the time to go out and, and, and get that extra education opens up your opportunity to learn something. Cause there could be like, there could be a rounder wheel. That's a little bit more efficient than what we've been doing. And, you know, so with that being said, because I, I, I thought back to what you said about the shooting on the conference attendee. And when they come back and they're like, hey, guys, I went to this conference and they don't want to hear about it. Like, it's it's ripples, man. It, it'll touch everything in that water in a different way. And you want it to be positive, not not negative. So yeah, shut and, them down is going to just torpedo that.
0: And, and I don't understand what the value of that is. What is, what is the reason? Your laziness? Is it your ego? Is it just you don't want anyone to be better than you? Or, in fact, I think what it truly is is you don't want to see somebody else succeed or to do better than you because right. you struggle with that. Because then you have to internalize the fact that you're just getting by, that you're not pushing yourself to be better, but this guy is. I'd rather bring him down to my level than bring myself up to his. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anderson Rescue Solutions. Anderson Rescue Solutions was founded in 2016 by former Philadelphia firefighter, Tim Anderson. As an urban firefighter and rescue specialist, Tim found that the equipment available to him lacked the usability and practicality in complex high-stress environments that rescuers often found themselves in. To combat this, he developed products based on his own experiences in the field, ...creating innovative, efficient gear... ...designed to thrive in reality. The Multi-Loop Rescue Strap... ...is a perfect example of one of these products. Made in America... this patented tool is used for rapidly... ...harnessing firefighters or civilians... ...in the worst conditions. Every feature is fine-tuned... ...to meet the needs of rescuers battling... ...low visibility, low dexterity... ...and high stress. The Multi-Loop Rescue Strap... ...has been used in numerous real-world rescues... ...for both firefighters and civilians all across the country. And it is being increasingly adopted by fire, rescue, and tactical agencies as standard issue equipment. I carry one, I have carried one for many years. It is the most versatile strap out there. Check it out, the multi-loop rescue strap by Anderson Rescue Solutions. Tim Anderson, the owner and proprietor of Anderson Rescue Solutions has become a dear friend. In fact, he's even been on the podcast several episodes ago dropped incredible information. He's super passionate about the fire service, about special operations, and he has built an incredible company and an incredible product. So, because of our great relationship with Tim and Anderson Rescue Solutions, if you go to andersonrescue.com You'll get 10% off if you use the promo code NFR2023. That's NFR2023 at checkout on AndersonRescue.com. You'll get 10% off your order. And do me a favor, go over to their social media and check out Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for weekly news, product info, and other content in regards to Anderson Rescue Solutions. This episode's brought to you by Flame Decon. Developed specifically for firefighter decon, flame shampoo, body wash, and soaps reduce your risk of getting occupational cancer. Live fire testing shows that carcinogens on your skin after a fire are removed and undetectable after using flame. Flame decon has made a product that not only does its job and does it well, but that you'll enjoy using. They smell amazing. They make your skin and hair feel great. I will be an absolute witness to that. I have used the product. Tara and I have known each other for quite some time. She has sent us product. We have used it, and it does take that smell of soot and smoke off of you immediately following a shower. It makes a difference. You can find Flame Decon products at flamedecon.com and use promo code NFR for 15% off your first order. That's promo code NFR for 15% off your first order at flamedecon.com. And for departments that are interested in departmental orders, more than one or two pieces of product, you can reach out to Tara directly at tara at flamedecon.com. She's happy to entertain any inquiries that you have. And this made me think departments need to protect their own and protecting our own is also after the fire. Chiefs, purchasing managers, look into Flame Decon as a way of protecting our firefighters in and out of the firehouse. So check out Flame Decon at flamedecon.com. Use promo code NFR for 15% off your first order.
1: In my in my experiences in life, I have often found that people are doing this when they've been raised in an environment that uh, you know, especially in the fire service where knowledge is power. And like the funny thing is, the real power and knowledge is sharing it. Um, So, like, I don't, I've never understood other than that. I know I recognize that, hey, this person's very insecure about themselves for whatever reason. And they feel like they have to protect this. But that's the only thing I can actually, like, because logically, I want to find like two plus two is going to equal four. I want to find that equation to make it make sense in my head. And it's the only thing that I can think of is that guys are so insecure their ego is so driven that they believe the knowledge is power and they're going to have all the answers. Uh, but that's not really what our mission is about.
0: No. And, and those that sit on the knowledge and not willing to share and those that know people have knowledge and not willing to learn. It, it does nothing for anyone. And, and yeah. I, you know, you're going to, you're going to die a lonely life. If you're the guy with all the knowledge and you're not willing to share that and you're going to, you're going to die uns unfulfilled and unsatisfied if you're not willing to learn from others. And so I think we need to do a better better job at bridging that gap and and that was something a, a, a you know a, a title if you will a phrase that you know I use for some of the stuff that we talk about is bridging that gap. Not only is it bridging the gap between the young and the old, it's bridging the gap in the fire service and whatever that disconnect is, we need to bring that back together. And that's one of those things. I mean it's it's also the same conversation Rob where you look at Guys that succeed in the fire service, guys that are putting themselves out there that teach at conferences, travel around the country, and share their experiences and knowledge come home to their own department and typically get shit on. They're typically not well-liked in their own department. And you look at that and you go, man, that's a guy that's got so much opportunity to share. Right. If, if the ego is put aside and it's just your your regular guy who has the ability to share his experiences and knowledge out the, out across the nation and then comes back to his own fire department, his own guys don't like him. What is it? Jealousy? Is it ego? Is it the fear that they're promoting and pushing themselves to be better than you are? And, and that's crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy to me. I would love to share all my experiences with everyone I talk to. The shit that you and I get to do, the people we get to talk to on a daily basis, not only does it better me as a human being, but it allows me to take that conversation and communicate it to others and let me share somebody else's passion. I, I, I did a quick episode the other day with Jeremy Sanders. It was like a 30 minute bang. Like we just we hit one topic real hard for 30 minutes. I came off that call and I was like, all I want to do is talk about that with other people because it was such a good conversation. And and what what I just don't understand is why people don't want to hear it, why people don't want to know more, learn more, see more. And and it's just it's concerning to me. Oh, God. And it's.
1: You know, the individuals, like when we're talking about the folks that go to conferences and they come back or they're better in themselves and they're speaking, and people, whether it's jealousy or whatever, like I, I, I take, I look back at us as Jeremy and Rob from National Fire Radio and how we have essentially thrown our arms out and we try to grab as many of our own people that we work with and we volunteer with. To come with us to conferences, to tag along and say like, "Hey, like, listen, you know, uh, you know, we had Jake and Chris and our friend Joe. Like, hold the camera. Come to this conference with us, you know." And we we provide those opportunities. Like those those individuals are still doing the same thing. Like they're they're. I, I know that they're offering the stuff that they're bringing in to to the people that are around them. So that, that's when it truly. Like, because it's one thing if you know if you were like just telling telling your friends and your fellow firefighters, "No, you can't come with me." Forget you, like yeah, I don't want you to learn, you know that because that's not, and I know that's not how you are. <laughs> um, that's that's one thing, but like there's, they're oftentimes more benevolent on on that side of it, of being like, yeah, come to this conference, like let me let me let me get you out here, see if I can get you on the sleeve with me to come in and help, and then you can experience what we experience. Like there's that gratitude of of that responsibility, and I, I I'm always like frustrated because I'm just like, God, it's just please, like you can still hate me tomorrow you can still not like me as an uh, you know a fellow firefighter or whatever else but just come to this conference come come with me and better yourself like yep i don't you can still tell people i'm an asshole afterwards i'll 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 accept it i'll embrace it i'll go quietly but just come
0: yeah and, and yeah and i think a big part of that too though is those that don't want to come that's okay like i i don't i don't judge if you go right. to better yourself or not what i'm asking though is two things: one, don't get in the way of those that want to, mm-hmm. and two, when we come back and we're excited about it, don't shoot it down. Because yeah. you know, even if you don't have the ability to go, or you don't have the time, or the effort, or you just don't want to, it's not in your, it's not in your desire to do that. Anything that's coming back is conversation, and when we talk about it, it when we talk about the job, we make the job better, and and so you know that's important, and so. For that to work, we need those that didn't go or the ones that weren't there to still be able to dial in and say, hey, man, I'll listen. Tell me what you learned. Like, what's the big deal, right? But don't get in the way and, in fact, support it. When guys come back, support it. If they have a new way of stretching or a new idea or or philosophy on something, listen, try it. What's the big freaking deal? If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's only trying to make the job better. And I think that we have to be more patient with that. And I think we have to stop being so standoffish and we have to give people some credit and abilities to, to fly a little bit, let them come back and share their experiences and knowledge. Don't get in the fucking way. Don't get in the way.
1: Jeremy, do you think that one of the things that happens with ego is like you and I say it all the time, we, the fire service doesn't owe us anything, but we owe everything to the fire service. Do you think that one of the things that drives ego is people who think, like their their, their mindset is that the fire service owes them? Hundred percent,
0: one hundred percent. I mean, it is. It, it's very hard, and and I'll be honest with you, man. I I was was very honest early on. I'll be honest right now again. I thought the fire service owed me a ton of shit when I was when I was younger, man. I lived at the firehouse. I wor- I did everything I could possibly do. I turned every wrench. I did every project. I had my hands on anything I could get involved with. I turned off things in the outside world just to dive in at the firehouse to be there, to be the guy. But guess what happens? You become entitled with that. And then when you're there more than others, you believe that you're entitled to more than them. You think that the rules are different to you because you're the guy that's always there, right? Well, you don't know what I do. You don't walk in my shoes, right? But in fact, most of these guys have. They just did it before you were there, right? And that's the fun part. Like, I watch now 28 years in the fire service. I don't have the amount of time I used to have to spend in my volunteer firehouse, Some of these younger guys do, and I watch what they're doing, and they're doing everything that I did, but I did that 25 years ago. So they don't know what my contribution was back then. All they know is what they see today, and so they don't think that I was like them. They think that they are better than me. They think that they do more than I did, and in fact, it's not true. And so you you get that sense of entitlement then, right? And that entitlement leads to what? The fact that somebody owes you. You're owed. Right. You're owed. I put in all this time in my volunteer firehouse. I'm the guy that's that's putting the deaf in, cleaning tools, washing trucks, sweeping floors, shopping, restocking the front, like all this shit, right? Mm-hmm. I'm that guy. So I should – you guys owe me. I'm here all the time. I'm the guy that's doing all this. Well, I got news for you. It was done before you got there by probably a lot of the guys that you shit talk today, right? Right. And there will be guys after you that will be able to do it, too, because when you're younger like that, you have the abilities to dive in like that. And for that, I'm internally grateful. But the entitlement that comes with that, we often think that because we're doing more, we're entitled to more. That's not how it works. And when you when you have this value proposition skewed and you believe that the fire service owes you your firehouse owes you your fire company owes you those individuals that only show up on drill nights and for calls owe you because you're there in all the other moments right nobody owes you anything you you have to do that for yourself and for the betterment of the company and not everybody and i learned this i learned this later on when I tried to hold everybody to the same standard I held myself to, I got disappointed quite often. And we've talked about that before on this show. And, and so when you, when you set high standards for yourself, typically others can't fulfill the high standards you set for yourself. And so you get disappointed with others. You get disillusioned and you get pissed off and disgruntled. And I learned that lesson. And I know now that I can't hold Rob Ridley to the same standard I have for myself. When we talk about National Fire Radio, I do certain things, you do certain things. I can't sit here and begrudge you if I'm working eight hours one night on a project and you're home drinking a beer. It's not fair because I haven't asked you to join me to help, you know, or I haven't. uh, It's not your responsibility. You can't hold one another responsible to the level that you hold yourself responsible. You just you can't you're going to be disappointed and get disgruntled and pissed off and then things start to spiral. But I agree with you, Rob. I think too many people think the fire service owes them something. And this is this is an ingrained institution that's been here for a very long time. And it's provided so much good in my life that I've come to realize through maturity that I now owe it. And that's why you and I did this. That's why we started the whole intent of National Fire Radio was to honestly give back. And if we can share tips, tricks, and hacks, talk about how good the fire service is, talk with people, share stories, talk about the job, show the job through our social media content that the job is good, promote all this good stuff, right? We talk about the bad, too. Like, the last 37 minutes and 26 seconds of this podcast hasn't been a very uplifting conversation, but it's a real conversation. But I like where it's trending now because you and I now are coming out of the pocket, and we have to look at the fire service doesn't owe you anything. Right. You, you need to give back to the institution. You need to give back to your company, to your department. And, and what you get out of that is self-satisfaction. Like what I get out of the fire service makes me feel good. It, it completes me. It makes me feel worth and value. And I made a difference. And that, those things matter in life. When you need those type of things to support who you are as a human being so ultimately you're happy, then that's what you need to go get. But nobody wants to do that through, you know, anger and frustration and bitterness and entitlement. All those things are what knocks this job down It doesn't make it enjoyable anymore. We need to do a better job at not focusing on the individual but focusing on the industry, focusing on the fire service. That's what truly matters.
1: I I always think back to uh, Frank Vescuso. Um, when I took his uh, class down at ODP, he said... Uh, don't walk past the problem that you can't fix or take care of. And the um, guys at work, like I, I, I come across like three garbage cans, and it was just they happened to all be in a row, so it was very convenient. But they all needed to get taken out, and I was picking them up. And somebody came over and they're like, "Oh, I'll t- I'll take that, Lou." And I was like, "No, no, it's all right. I got it." And like we had that like little struggle of who's going to take the garbage outside to the dumpster. And I just I, like simply said to them, I'm "Like, listen, guys, I got this." I walked by us. I saw that it needed to be done. It's not any like we're having a busy day. Go put garbage bags back in the garbage cans that I just took these out of. And then we came back, and I was just like, you know, we, I, I followed it up, and I kind of said, I was like, listen, this was what I learned in this conference. But the follow-up for you guys to know is that, like, sometimes we're just going to have to do things because that's what we have to do. It doesn't matter if you're new. It doesn't matter if you're a lieutenant. Uh, if it's a problem that needs to be taken care of and fixed, like, we just take care of it, and that's it. But we don't need to, you know, I don't want to say like an award ceremony or anything, but well,
0: like you just gotta you, you gotta do it. You didn't let your ego get in the way. Yeah. It could have been very easy for you to have been like, Hey Proby, take this garbage out, it's full. Right? Yeah. And that's a lieutenant talking to a junior man and, and it's like, Oh my god, I, I gotta get the garbage out. And and that sets an environment that like it's not healthy, it's not conducive, right, to the to the greater good. What you choose to do is said there's a problem in front of me. I don't care what bar I wear on my collar, what shirt I what color shirt I wear, the fucking garbage is full. I'll take it out. I would if I was home, I'd take it out. Why wouldn't yeah. I do it at the firehouse? What's the big deal?
1: I was cleaning toilets the other day and then if somebody was yelling, like, you know, let's I mean, say that you were yelling at me, but I was like, No, no, I'm not first off, I'm not I'm not above this. And two, like, just because of my ADHD brain, like this is a very, you know, you, you have to clean the toilet a certain way, you know? So, like, there's a process, and it just makes me feel very happy when I'm doing it. I'm like, all right, cool. I've got this done. Like, I've accomplished it. Um, the same thing, you know? So, yeah.
0: yeah So, what did we learn today, Rob? Ego is insecurity disguised. I, I'm curious if people have their own opinions or ideas on this, and that's why we created the new email for the podcast. It's podcast at nationalfireradio.com. We've gotten, I'll tell you, in the first two days of the podcast – Uh, This week we've gotten a bunch of emails already in response to some of the episodes. I love it man because what that email does is now I can now I can track the feedback on the podcast. And I also think too that topics like this people I want to hear people's ideas and thoughts because you and I can come back and revisit this and talk about and we could do it anonymously we won't say where the ideas or thoughts come from. But we can read the emails and see what people are dealing with out there, and you and I can come back to this podcast and we can revisit ego is insecurity disguised. We can revisit it with points and ideas that other people make. So if you're listening to these episodes, radio dot com is designed exactly for that. We want to hear from you. We want to work with you. We want to talk about what's being talked about in your firehouses. And so send it over to the email address, and, and we will certainly uh, read it and, uh, and hopefully break it down on the show, and we can revisit these topics with your thoughts and ideas. Rob, another great discussion, man. I don't, I don't know if we got anywhere with it, but I, I know we didn't solve it. But I think, uh, I think what we need to do is realize that ego is not healthy for any of us. Um, I think pride and ownership is and that looks very different conviction, confidence, pride, ownership. Those are words that could be synonyms to ego, yet there's very different meanings behind them. And I don't think ego is the road that we all want to go down.
1: Yeah, no, definitely not.
0: Awesome, man. Another good conversation. Thanks for having a cup of coffee with me this morning.
1: No problem, man. This is uh, I, I appreciate Jason from Fire Department Coffee for sending us some coffee because this is
0: amazing. Look at you doing a shout out. Thanks, so, nice, man. Yeah. Well done, sir. Well, listen, I'm drinking. Uh, I'm drinking a nice cup of Joe. I need a refill, so we're gonna go. But uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. It should be said too. Robert Ridley's birthday was just a few days ago. A little birthday celebration today for him, and uh, happy birthday, buddy. I hope it was a good thank one you. for you. And, uh, was a blast. yeah. And I owe you a cold one. So I, we got to get together soon. You and I haven't been, we haven't, uh, we haven't done that in quite a long time. So
1: we were supposed to do our breakfast at IHOP and it got, that's our, that's our, our secret meeting place where we discuss all the plans. Breakfast. For pancakes.
0: Yeah. Three hour, three hour IHOP meetings, the uh, bottomless pot of coffee. We go through like three of them, three or four of them while we're there. So I agree. We do need to do that. We got a lot to talk about, but, uh, in, in the meantime, Happy birthday, and uh, thanks for having a cup of coffee with me this morning, man. Appreciate you.
1: Not a problem. We'll talk to you
0: later. Yeah, hang right there, though. I want to talk to you when we go off air. So, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Another episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast, a Saturday morning cup of coffee between Rob and myself. What a good conversation. Ego is insecurity disguised. We want to hear your thoughts and ideas uh, from what this conversation was. And so go to podcast at NationalFireRadio.com, send us an email, let us know what your thoughts and ideas are about this podcast and this topic, and uh, we'll revisit it down the road with your ideas. We'll keep it anonymous, obviously, so we won't throw anybody under the bus or get them in trouble with their own people, but we'd love to hear from you. So please send us, a, send us an email, and uh, thanks for tuning in to the episode. Take this conversation, take it back to the firehouse, and talk about it, because as we talk about the job, we make it better. We'll see you at the next one. Thanks for tuning in. Jeremy and Rob, National Fire Radio. National Fire Radio. National
1: Fire Radio.